you to know. When you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaConfora. Welcome back into another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes along with Jason LaConfora, and it's been another crazy week in the NFL. You guys can always subscribe. Make sure you like us and tell your friends about it. Let's start with what we saw last night, man, because the Bears all of a sudden explode. Now they got a bunch of turnovers, but let's be honest. The conversation right now, the hell is Bill Belichick doing? Pulling his quarterback in the second quarter and then putting Zappy in there. Everybody's going nuts. Zappy ends up making some mistakes, but now you have a full-blown quarterback controversy yeah. in New England. Yeah, I, I was shocked that he played Mac Jones, and I think he he overthought this one, um, and it ended up being to his own detriment. Bailey Zappi did the job, did it in a short period of time, albeit I, I, I concede the sample size wasn't great, but was playing um, high-level enough football, certainly better football than Mac Jones was playing. And who the hell is Mac Jones? You know, this is the, the coach who's never been deferential to any player. He wasn't deferential to Tom Brady. Right, he rode Tom Brady hard, and and so did he think he owed it to Mac Jones to put him back in there, like the first time he was sort of medically cleared. I don't know. I don't get it. I figured it'd be a, a quick hook. I thought Zappy would then provide a spark. He did, and then the second half we saw the Bears making adjustments, and Bill Belichick didn't. I mean, he. It was clear the Bears for the first time under this regime watched Justin Fields' film and said. Oh, this is there's some stuff he does that's pretty interesting. Maybe we should accentuate that. You know, it would kind of like reminded me of like Nick Sirianni right around this time a year ago um, in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we keep trying to do some of this stuff. It's going nowhere. There's got to be a middle ground between what we aspire to, where this quarterback is right now, where we think we can go, what he does really well. So, and Belichick had no adjustments. I thought they would find a way to mush rush or somehow contain Fields more in the second half. It didn't happen. Um, yeah, Bill Belichick has now created a quarterback controversy. Uh, I don't think you go back to Mac Jones. I, I don't know why you would. He's been an inefficient, ineffective player this year. Uh, and the only time the offense moved the ball, really, and pushed it downfield was when Zappi came in, and it was immediate. So he's quick to move off of players. I don't know that he sold on Bailey Zappi, but I also don't know that Mac Jones has a future in New England, no matter where he was drafted or what people thought of him or what we think Kyle Shanahan really wanted to do with the third overall pick and this or that. And did he really want Trey Lance? I mean, like, there'll be a market for him. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, but I, I think it's I think it should have been Bailey Zappi's practice week. I think it should have been Bailey Zappi's game. I think the early game flow might be different if it's Zappy and not Jones and Jones throwing those wounded ducks he's been putting up all season. Um, we'll never know, but I think you have to now see what Bailey Zappy can do in the same way you wanted to see what Matt Jones could do a year ago. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the, the Bailey Zappy thing, and I'm just talking from a psyche standpoint, when he comes in last night and the crowd goes nuts, man, right? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't care how internally strong you are, your fortitude, your mental makeup. You see Matt Jones on the sideline with his helmet, and I'm like, dude, I feel for you. Because yeah. that's just brutal. You know, I mean, it's the reality of sports. But 
in that moment where you've been waiting and you've been out and people have been saying, well, yeah, we'll be better when Matt gets back in there. And then you get out there and then it's like, boo! And then you get pulled. What I'm saying, Jason, is I don't even know if he recovers from that. I don't know if he's strong enough to, to get back into the game for the Patriots and feel like they've got his back. So maybe the zappy thing is is better in more ways than one, not only for the team, but also maybe for the mental makeup. Because the first time Mac Jones makes a mistake, the next time, boo, he's done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that Belichick did him no favors by playing him in a week where he, he didn't get full work. You know, he was kind of cleared later in the week. I, I don't I don't get it. And then the quick hook, which I, I understood and had to happen, but that does – Mac Jones coming off of injury, not really playing much football the last three, four weeks. That doesn't do him any favors anyway. Yeah, I mean, Belichick mishandled the situation. But, like, if you are if you represent Mac Jones, you're, you're, you know, maybe you're not calling this front office because there is no GM and you got to call Belichick and that's right. not going to go so well. <laughs> but, like, there'll be, there'll be a little knock at his door at the end of the year. You know, I want my guy out of here. You know what I mean? Like, that's – if that's if that's how you think developing quarterbacks look like, but I, I got I I can get him traded to five or six other teams, you know, uh, and that's where I think it's headed. I talked to the GM this morning; he was pretty adamant that you know he's like I think Mac Jones will be available by the combine, um, one way or the other. Uh, whether Bailey Zappi looks like he's the answer, or whether Bailey Zappi doesn't, uh, so we'll see. But the Patriots certainly have, yeah, they put themselves in a bit of a quagmire now, and. Uh, the defense really though, like they to, to get manhandled like that. It looked like that defense had been getting starting to get better every week since the loss to the Ravens. And they just got they they got destroyed. Turnovers killed them too. I mean, that's that's the key always. It is in the huddle, guys, and it is Carl Dukes along with Jason Lacanfora. We're talking all things NFL. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. Because yeah. earlier in the year. I think you told me we had this conversation and, and we were talking Baldy and everybody was saying this guy had surgery. Yeah. Literally played week one and two, didn't quite look himself through all those picks in week one. And nobody really talked about the fact how the surgery might have affected his yeah. physical play. And then, you know, last week, th- th- that burrow I saw against the Falcons, he just picked him apart. Now the Falcons were decimated with injuries. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's like Burrow made all the right decisions despite whoever was on the field. And then, you know, you look at the overall performance of the offense and the Bengals and you start to think, okay, are they hitting their stride? Is this a team that can get back now to where they were last year? Yeah, I think people were quick to dismiss what they accomplished last year. People were quick to pounce on the slow start this year, even though pretty much every team that loses the Super Bowl has a bit of a – a, a sort of transition period, the final, the next, the following year where they figure out, is that who we really were? What, how much of that still applies? Where do we need to get better? Um, are we still dealing with mental fatigue from losing that game and all that stuff? So I think a lot of that should have been already baked into the cake, but people went overboard trying to dismiss them. Now they, they did have to readjust their offensive philosophies in the short term because that offensive line was not gelling from, from week one. The quarterback was coming back off of uh, a surgery, as you noted, um, that happened during camp. Um, and teams were adjusting to them a little differently. So it wasn't going to be free runs for Jamar Chase all over the place. And, hey, just run a crosser and see if anybody goes with you. Like, <laughs> No, that's not they're, – they're taking that away. They're, they're, they're taking that away. So you saw them running a lot with Nixon. You saw them enter a period where, to me, they were kind of in survival mode. 
Like, what do we have to do to just get our quarterback through this game? And now the offensive line is better. And now some of those changes that they've made with their philosophies in terms of, you know, a little more max protect or certainly getting a little more people involved in pass protection have helped. And I really wonder, Carl, if we're talking six, eight, ten weeks from now, and you're talking about moments that change team seasons, and we go back to New Orleans in week six at halftime, where it is still fits and starts, and Jamar Chase hasn't gotten off, and you got the two Bayou Bengals, right? You got the LSU quarterback and the LSU receiver sitting in that locker room where they won a national title, saying, "All right, are we gonna like? What is our season gonna be? Like, are are we are we gonna play big boy football again? Are we gonna find ways to establish?" Uh, some 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 energy and some explosion plays in our offense, or are we just going to hand the ball off to Joe Mixon five thousand times? Jamar Chase got off in that second half, and Jamar Chase came into that Atlanta game. You, you saw it getting off from the giddy up, and when Jamar Chase gets off, there's a pretty good chance that Boyd and others are going to get off too, right? So, is all of this like a springboard? Is it all going to carry over every single week? I don't know about that. They have a tough schedule. They got tough division games ahead. But I think that's a team that's that's rediscovering their identity. I think that's a dangerous team. Defensively, they've known who they are. They keep everything in front of them. I think Anarumo calls a great game. They yep. make astounding second-half adjustments. That defense figures out in the first half what you're really trying to do, and then they take a lot of that away coming into the third quarter and fourth quarter. So I, I think they're a formidable team. I thought they were the best team in that division on paper coming in. I think they will – be the best team in that division. They have a rematch with Baltimore in week 18 uh, in Cincinnati that, that, you know, will probably have some ramifications, but uh, the Bengals have a lot of blue chip talent. And I think that unit up front has the chance and should be better than what it was last year. And I think they're starting to get there and they're a balanced offense. Um, I like them at all three levels on defense. I think it's, a, I think it's a, in, a, in a season where we're struggling to say who's a good football team. I think the Bengals are a good football team. I don't know if they're great, but they're certainly a very good football team. And I'm not sure how many of them there are in the league right now. I mean, maybe six, maybe seven. I don't know. Yeah, we've got a bunch of 500 teams. Obviously, certain divisions like, you know, the NFC uh, South, anybody's division, right? The Buccaneers, Falcons, Carolina's even in it. You know, they're one game out despite all the trades. crazy. You're right. So I agree with you. I think the Bengals are a very good team. And they showed when they are on their game that this is what it could look like. And I just love Joe Burrow. I just got to say this for a second. Oh, yeah. This guy, this guy is bananas. I mean, his cool demeanor in the pocket, right? He never seems like he is panicked. He never seems like, oh, it's going to crap and I'm going to collapse. It just never feels that way when you watch Joe Burrow. And that makeup, is why I think he's special. Yes, he can make all the throws, and he's quick with it, makes the decisions. But that makeup, I just love him. And and you know, I thought after he gets hurt his rookie season, even what he showed us, Jason, his rookie year, you were like, okay, they got something. Oh yeah. And then he comes back in Super Bowl, and now I think he's completely healthy. Hopefully, recovered from all that stuff, the surgery and whatnot. I think he's a he's a beast. But they win. It was a big win. It was a good win for them. Not so much for the Falcons. They got to get healthy. We'll see how that turns around this week in Carolina. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Here comes Dak. And now Dak is back. He looked okay. Is it going to take a few weeks for him to get back acclimated? Cowboys win. But the defense has been the, the key, right? Micah Parsons is just on another level. He is, man. Um, 
Yeah, look, that was the perfect opponent. That's the perfect foe Lions. to come back against in a situation where it's a hand injury and you don't know that you're all the way back until you're playing, until you get jarred a little bit, and until you're really trying to uncork throws under pressure, which you can't really duplicate in practice because nobody's touching you in practice. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was a, a get-through-it type game for, for Dallas. Um, and they got through it. And I think Dak will continue to improve and he'll get some of the rust off. They'll continue to sort of figure out this offense and how much of the Cooper rust stuff we really should just leave in there because it works and it's high percentage and it doesn't lead to turnovers and it plays to our strength, which is our defense. Um, and, and how much they do get a little more vertical and do expand it because certainly – you should and will be able to do more with your $40 million quarterback than you were with a guy who you put on waivers six weeks ago, or I guess now eight weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I think Dallas is a more a team I can get behind and believe in more now than for a long, long time. And I am buying what they're selling. And I think they'll rack up a lot of wins. And I think Dak Prescott will perform at a certainly a much higher level than the quarterback played at this point. And the quarterback play to this point because of all the other stuff has been good enough to make them one of the best teams in the league. So I don't think you can discount that. Um, and yeah, the Lions are putrid. I don't know that the Lions will ever win a road game under Dan Campbell. I mean, they haven't yet. And you show me the empirical evidence that they're particularly close to doing it. What do you, I don't what do you, see it. What do you think of Campbell? What do you think of Campbell? Where are you at on him? think he hired a really smart offensive coordinator outside of that. I don't know about that staff. I don't know about him. Um, uh, <laughs> there's just, I, I, it always gives me pause when, and, and some of this was foisted upon them because of hard knocks and they don't choose that. And that comes from the league. And, but even just going back to the opening press conference, when there's that much sizzle brother, there better be some steak and there better be some steak by the middle of your second year. Right. Like there better be a little. Like, show me like, show me something. And and, and they think the the run game, especially and Swift, you know, when he's back, yeah. I'm buying their offensive coordinator. I think that Ben Johnson cats onto some stuff. I think he's pretty smart. I think he's a rising star. But that's a hard way to win in this league. You know what I mean? Like running a college rushing offense. I mean, the quarterback then better be a part of it. He better be really special. He's not. The quarterback isn't a part of it at all. The quarterback's immobile. The quarterback is a caretaker who you agreed to just take his contract in exchange for riches and trade your best player along with it. So I, I don't know, man, those fans, like when do they catch a break? Like when, I, and I'm not, I'm not espousing firing people every 18 months. That's stupidity, but I'm also espousing having more efficient, more effective hiring processes that maybe bring everybody to the table and don't keep spitting out a lot of these same outcomes. Um, I, I don't buy it. I, I, I don't buy biting off kneecaps. I don't bite. We're just going to be tougher than everybody else. I, I never bought the Lions hype. Um, and even last week, I had a lot of sharp people on gambling markets trying to tell me that the Lions were the play. And I'm like, if, you, if, you, if you're willing to put your money on a Dan Campbell operation to keep a road game close, that's on you, brother. I can't follow you. I can't go there because I haven't seen it. And they'll find a way to lose this game by double digits. And they did. They lost by double digits. They, yeah. They, the, yeah. The, the Cowboys defense was too good. And, and I, I spoke with some people in that Cowboy organization. The, the thing for that defense, and specifically Dan Quinn, is just the versatility. Being able to move guys around. You know, talent is one thing. 
right? But to be able to move guys and have the versatility to put them in spots where you have to account for them offensively and know where these guys are, and you can put Parsons anywhere. And yeah. I think that's one of the big reasons why he's just crushing it. But it was something I had a conversation with somebody in that organization about, and they were talking about, you know, you can talk about scheme all you want, but you still need that versatility. And you see it with the 49ers. You see it with some of the best defenses in the league, when healthy, what they can do and how they attack you. The Dan Campbell thing, real quick, the emotion is good, but I think it can be overwhelming, right? And I think guys, we're talking about full-grown men now. We're talking, yeah. Guys, emotion is great, but it can't be so damn emotional all the time because that becomes draining. It's like a, it's like a relationship, you know? So I think with Campbell, there has to be this balance. And then to, to your point about, you know, whether he's got the right staff, I don't know if they put that staff in the best light in hard knocks. And so it kind of looked like there was friction, but they're boys and they're all former players. And, and you know, and I know Aaron, he's a great defense. I think he's going to be a good coach, a, a very good defense, uh, head coach possibly down the road. But I'm talking about A.G. Aaron Glenn. But I don't know. I kind of agree with you on this. The Lions are eh. And I feel bad for their fan base because they drafted all this stuff and it looks like they've got a lot of talent. I actually think they're going to be back in the quarterback business in this next draft. Oh, they I have just to do. Be. I just do. They have to be. Um, no, they they have to be. Um, yeah, they're they're not. They're, the Lions are not going to win many games, and, and I get it. They'll get a little healthier, and I think the running game will go back to being something that maybe keeps some of these games closer. But I, I don't see that team winning many football games. Let's talk about the Commanders. It's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger will be here on Thursdays, guys. We will talk about the games coming up this week. We head into Week Eight. The Commanders beat the Packers, and you're going, wait a minute, Heineke? I actually think Heineke's better than Carson Wentz. He is. So why don't they start him? Well, look, the Carson Wentz signing was a little bit, the whole all the machinations were odd. The guy they really wanted internally, at least the football people, was Matt Ryan, you you know there in Atlanta how that thing played out there, telling everybody he's not available. Everybody's like, well, he's eventually going to be available. And then when the Watson stuff really came out, it was like, yeah, yeah, we were we were trying like hell to get him. Uh, and then Matt's gone. And he wouldn't have been the answer either anyway. Now, do I think the Colts, we can get into that in a minute. Like, I think the Colts are, that, that owner is now put everybody on notice. That's an ownership decision. That's not a football decision um, to bench Matt Ryan. Um, and to go to a kid who's completely green and raw. But I'm not surprised Washington won that game. I liked Washington big time on the money line. I liked Washington. You're going to give me four and a half points. Even as that kept coming down, I loved it at six. I still bought it big at four and a half. Um, cause I'm, cause green Bay is, is a, is a dysfunctional operation right now. Yes. Uh, there, there's infighting going on there. There, there, the quarterback is a problem. Um, the quarterback doesn't really want to, it seems to the people I've talked to who played him, fight for a whole lot right now. When the going gets tough, he's content to get small, protect the back of his football card. I'm not going to push it because that might be a pick. I'm, I'm, just throw it away. I'll just check it down. I'm not going to try to be super special here. I'm just going to manage the game. Well, dude, they didn't give you $102 million fully guaranteed to manage the game. They, they did it for you to try to play like an MVP and to try to play like an MVP when the chips are down. There's obviously stuff going on between him and the coach. Um, you saw them start to just throw it to the running backs. And that may be what they have to be. But again, you're a first ballot future Hall of Famer quarter, future Hall of Fame quarterback. You consider yourself to be a GOAT. Like, 
to work harder with some of these receivers, figure something out, find two or three things that Romeo Dobbs does on a third down scramble drill and start building that chemistry rather than rolling your eyes and pointing fingers. Defensively, it's been a mess all year. They, they, they come into that game, bottom five and yards allowed per pass, bottom five and yards allowed per run. What do they do well? They don't get after the quarterback anymore, right? The Zadarius Smith thing. Seems like they blew the pooch there. Uh, screwed the pooch, whatever. Did something to a pooch. Uh, not good. <laughs> nothing Nothing good happened to that pooch. No, no. <laughs> Pooches were harmed in the filming of that uh, Packers game. The all 22. Ugh. So uh, this is, you know, it's a mess. It's a mess. Uh, they're, they're reshuffling their offensive line from week to week. Washington's defense front seven is legit. Um, it, it is. It's pretty ferocious these days. Only uh, Dallas is getting more pressure than them this season. You look at pressures per drop back. Uh, I thought they'd put him under duress, and I thought he'd come up small. And he did. And if Heineke doesn't throw the pick six early where he's, like, running around with a chicken, his head cut off, and, you know, he's back, and his heart's pumping through his chest, and, you know, he's a little engine that could, and they all love him there in Washington, and I get it. And the team likes him more than Wentz. So, so he, he he was erratic early, but once he settled down, it was one-way traffic. I mean, it was it was – the varsity versus the JV. Um, and the Packers were just holding on for dear life. And Heineke almost threw another pick six. And But that was it. That's how they were scoring their points. Um, so I don't believe in them at all. And I, I, I don't think they bounce back in Buffalo and rally the, the troops and, and figure it all out. I think they go down the drain. Not to say they don't stick around the playoff picture because everybody in the NFC except for like the Lions and a couple other teams will stick around. But I don't believe that team is going anywhere this year. And more to the point, I don't believe they think they're going anywhere this year. Um, and neither is Washington. But as long as Heineke avoids fatal mistakes, he can help the run game because of the mobility. Um, he's a little bit of a wild card out there, kind of a joker. You don't know what he's going to necessarily do. They play hard for him. The huddle likes him. They respond as a Bailey Zappi kind of thing. Like it was a little bit of that same vibe in Washington as what we saw in New England Sunday night. When Zappi entered, <coughs> and the defense is, is okay, is, is 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 pretty solid. And they can get after you. And their best pass rusher hadn't played a snap yet this year, or at least the guy who should be their best pass rusher, and he's getting close. So they're they're I think they're gonna be a tough little out here, you know? And they get this Colts operation this week, right? Where now it's Sam Ellinger, like, okay. I mean, nobody in that locker room. That wasn't the messaging, that wasn't the branding. When you go get Carson Wentz, it's like we're clinging to this imaginary or not Super Bowl window. Right. And then the owner comes in week seven and says, I'm sick of watching these overpaid dead-ass quarterbacks drain my money. I'll just have him hold the clipboard and let me see what this kid can do running around. Which is his team. It's his – It's his. like he, he has the like, – who's going to say no to Jim Mercy? He's the owner. But I don't think that's <laughs> – I don't think that's going to be a Bailey Zappi situation. I don't think that's going to bring out the best in other people – I think that's going to be red in that locker room as we're waving the white flag. This is sure. this this is a rebuilding team now. Like we thought we could win this crappy division, and we got a defense and a run game that could play anywhere. Now we're we're, we're bringing in a kid who hasn't practiced. He's been here a year and a half. He's on the scout team, and now he's our new starting quarterback. And that's how we're going to get out of this hole. Yeah, it's not a good sale, no doubt. It is uh, it is interesting to think about Brady and Rodgers and where they are right now. Different situations, but similar in the fact that I'm not going to say Rodgers looks cooked because there are throws he still makes and you go, sure. damn, right? 
the Brady thing, we've been saying this for weeks now, right? It's just weird. And they go down and get beat by the Panthers. Crazy. Who traded their best dynamic offensive piece in, yeah. in McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson was tripping. They got him up out of there. Yep. And they start P.J. Walker, and you're going, there's no way in hell. I, I don't know how to explain what happened, except it's the NFL, but let's talk about the Brady-Rodgers yeah. dynamic and where they are. They're similar but different. Well, the other crazy thing about that game is it's not just the people you mentioned. It's also Jeremy Chin and Brian Burns and DJ Moore on the phone with their agents every other day. Like, bro, what's happening here? I'm out. Like, yeah. Can you, can you get here. me out? Can yeah. I go so – like, am I out? Are they going to trade me? Are they not going to trade me? <laughs> like, I'm reading this. I'm reading that. Like, yep. can I get out of here too? Like, I'm in all of that. And, hey, full credit to Steve Wilkes. Full credit to Steve Wilkes. And I don't know how you get anybody to buy in to the SS David Tepper right now. Like, I don't know how you get anybody to really buy in on what's been going on there with how they've been managed. And yet, they're the better team. And Walker does the job. And Hubbard's running all over them. Crazy league, crazy game. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of the Bucks. Like, a week ago, two weeks ago, I would sell myself on, well – They'll get a little healthy on the offensive line. They can't be the worst rushing team in the league all year. And the defense is still pretty good. But now I don't know how good that defense is. I mean, it's better than Green Bay, slop. But it doesn't mean it's good. And they can't run the ball. No. Um, and I thought they'd get the rookie involved more, and they are. But they're not a they're not the 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 they're not a team that's gonna push you around in the trenches the way they're they're used to doing it. And Brady, I mean, Brady's still a very effective quarterback. He's completing a lot of passes. He's getting a lot of yards, but it's hollow because they're not pushing the ball into the end zone. They can't. They can't get into the end zone whether it's through a splash play or whether it's through a small short yardage red zone play. They're not scoring points. I still think he's a very effective quarterback, and I think they're getting healthier at receiver. But teams are taking away deep balls, right? Because you still have to respect that. And if you can stop their run without a heavy box, which you can do these days, then it's like somebody's got to make an individually brilliant play, you know, here, there, everywhere. And they're not. Now, this is a weird week. They're playing on a Thursday against Baltimore, who can't score points either. Yeah. Like, they're pretty beat up. I, I don't I – don't, I mean, this is going to be a toss-up game for me. But if Tampa loses this game, I, I, I'm not saying it's not their season. They'll have nine days to, you know, get over it. But – they lose this game, I think they are in deep, deep trouble. And then I start to worry about them. Do they believe that this is their year? You know what I mean? Is this are we gonna turn this whole thing around and have another uh improbable finish like we did a couple years ago with that late bye week? Because remember, that wasn't a super smooth operation through the first 12 weeks that year either. Or is something sort of dying here? Is this the end of a window? Is this the end of the Brady thing? Do you think, real quick, Jason, uh, Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four, in the huddle, guys, subscribe, like us, tell your friends. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, and it's free on the Odyssey app. Todd Bowles, the, the coaching situation there, okay, you go from Arians, Todd Bowles, Arians is still in the building. Yeah. What's up there? I don't think that's much of an issue. You know, I don't think B.A.'s – Feeling that great these days. I don't think he's a hovering presence. Like, I don't think he's meddling. Like, I think he's there when you need me, but I'm also going to, you know, 
I'm gonna start living my life. I'm gonna hit even more ball, golf balls than I did before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. a hell of a it's, golfer, by the way. He is. And happy hour, <laughs> happy hour comes early, and it probably comes a little earlier now than it used to. So I don't think that's really it. Um, I think Brady and Leftwich. There's a little like something there. Like, what is this offense really supposed to be? What What are we trying to accomplish? What can we accomplish? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that the scheme is going to have to evolve. They're going to have to figure some things out and do some some things differently to tr- to try to get that going. But it's also personnel. Um, the offensive and defensive lines are not what they were a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Um, the defense is not as menacing as it used to be. And but you said it earlier in the podcast. Look at that division. Like, I, I I still have a hard time thinking, even though they could have lost to Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and some would say maybe should have if that game was officiated, as most people would, I think, say it should have been. And then now with this loss to Carolina and the staggering loss to Pittsburgh when they were, like, what, 14-point favorites or 12-and-a-half or whatever, I, I don't know, man. Maybe this is just who they are. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're Maybe they're broken. I've said this. Maybe they're not that good. I mean, it's hard because it's Brady, and you expect any Brady team to be better. But yeah. maybe maybe they're not that good. Hey, before we get out of here, I want to ask you about Giants-Jets. Giants, 6-1. and one. I'm watching this game, Jason. I'm like, they keep finding ways yes. to win. Yes. Jets 5-2, and two, but they lose Brees Hall. Huge loss. This kid might have been the rookie offensive player of the year. Yes, sir. All right. Talk about the state of New York and football, Giants, Jets, Jets, Giants. Well, the Giants play in arguably the toughest division in football, but I think I I, I buy the Giants more than the Jets because I, I buy the guardrails and the infrastructure they've set up for Daniel Jones way more than I buy. Zach Wilson runs around like a chicken with his head cut off for three quarters, and maybe we make a play in the fourth quarter and maybe we don't. But I, I don't – and now you take the, the most integral – player in that offense out and they lose one of their best offensive linemen to a line that seemingly hasn't been able to, you know, when Mackay Beckton, when's the last time we mentioned his name? You know what I mean? Like the way they thought that five man unit was going to look like in April, May, June compared to what it is now is not is suboptimal. Um, they make the trade for Robinson. I mean, Robinson's coming off a pretty devastating injury. Robinson's had like one explosive run all year. I think Robinson is just somebody to be, to be in that rotation, yeah. to be behind yeah. Carter, to be a little insurance. But if he's touching the ball more than eight, ten times a game, something's wrong. So I don't think that addresses the the dynamic presence they lost um, with the rookie. So, But they find ways to win games, and they're content to win ugly, and the front seven has come a long way. So, like, I don't think they're going to fall apart, but I don't think – I think you're going to – you're going to – I don't think you're finding another <laughs> seven game stretch where they're five and two or, or, or even four and three, you know, um, I think there's some regression coming for them, but the giant, I mean, the giants are what now six and one in one score games and they've had to come from behind in all of them. And that's not ideal, but when you do it enough, it becomes something that doesn't phase you anymore. Uh, the margins are slim for them, too. It's not a yes. great roster. So if one or two guys go down, I'll be talking about them the same way I'm talking about the Jets. But until that happens, I'm buying this Brian Dable operation. I'm buying it big time. I'm yeah. buying what Mike Martindale's doing with that defense. 
what they go to Seattle this week, I think. Okay, that might okay. That, that, Seattle's playing good ball right now. Giants have done a lot of travel, right? They were in London a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacksonville, where it's hot. Now we're going all from Jacksonville to Seattle. Like they'd probably find a way to lose this one. It wouldn't shock me. But I think their next five game stretch could very easily be four and one or three and two. Um I I, I they they put themselves, they put these players in the best position possible to try to affect the outcome in a positive way. And and it's such a departure from what was there before. And I think these these players will run through walls. These players will jump off bridges. That they're, they're going to do anything this coaching staff tells them to do. There's that kind of buy-in right now. I buy the Giants over the Jets as well. And the Zach Wilson thing, there's a lot that I like about the Jets. That is a big question mark. I'm and not buying that. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. No. I, haven't, I haven't seen it. It's a great point. Jason, great job as always, man. We are in the huddle, guys. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes. Baldy will be with me on Thursday. Make sure you're here. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends. And uh, it's free on the Odyssey app. You can get it every single week as we go inside the NFL, breakdowns, and tell you things that you might not know. We will be back on Thursday with Brian Baldinger. Jason, have a great day. Everybody else, take care.